the Dudas part of our podcast here, which is powered by Upside Global. We have the honor to interview Dave Hancock, CEO of Apollo. So just to give you some background about Dave. So back in 2006, Dave has worked for Chelsea Football Club as their head uh, physiotherapist. Then in 2008, he became the first English performance director in the NBA for the New York Knicks. And then in 2010, Dave was honored to be asked by the English uh, FA to be the first team physiotherapist uh, at the 2010 World Cup and 2012 European Championship for the England national team. Uh, Dave has worked for some of the best athletes in the world, from David Beckham, Odell Beckham, uh, Kevin Durant, John Terry, Frank Lampard, to some of the, the best coaches in sports, anywhere such as uh, Phil Jackson, uh, Jose Mourinho, Terry Venables, Fabio Capello, Graham Sunes, to name a few. Uh, Dave has also been a member of the Nike Performance Board for five years. So he has been on both sides of the fence as a former uh, head of performance, but also CEO of a sports tech startup. So Dave, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Julian. It's an honor. Great. So uh, thank you for being on the show. So, so Dave, what I want hoping to talk to you about today was first talk about your background and your company, Apollo. Uh, and then I'd uh, love for you to talk about the work that you're doing with the teams. And then we'll talk about your plans for the next uh, 12 months. How does it sound? Sure. Great. Great. So, uh, so Dave, could you maybe start by telling us about your background uh, so that people understand where you're coming from? Yeah. So um, I basically was pretty good rugby player. Uh, yeah. I was amateur, rugby union. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I played for the equivalent of the state in America. And then I actually played for an equivalent of, say, the East. I was yeah. one at the national level. And then I got injured and um, I went to see a physio and sort of fell in love with the fact that you can help people, uh, mend people, heal people uh, around sport. So yeah. when, at a very young age, I was determined to become a physical therapist. I went and uh, worked in the hospitals and uh, worked in many different departments from liver transplants, cystic fibrosis, but my passion was always sport. Mm-hmm. So my first job was in professional rugby league in 1993, um, yeah. where I worked for Leeds Rugby or Leeds Rhinos. Yeah. And then in uh, the end of 93-94, I went for a working interview uh, four or five days with Graham Taylor, who was the ex-England manager at Wolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was the assistant physio at Wolves for four or five years and then actually worked with the first team, became uh, the first team physio for Wolves. Yeah. And then um, club secretary uh, at Wolves is a guy called Tom Finn. He was headhunted to go to Blackburn Rovers and head up the Youth Academy. Mm-hmm. Uh, the opportunity for me was to design their training facility and oversee all of youth production from nutrition, strength and conditioning, coaching, education, uh, as alongside the sort of physio role. Um, mm-hmm. And some of the coaches went from Wolves, who I'd worked with, so... I knew them very well. I knew how innovative and direct they were. And it was a good opportunity for me to go and uh, explore something in the youth development market, which in- interests me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was there for two years and then I got headhunted to go to Leeds United. Uh, that time Leeds was top yeah. three Premier League team. Um, and then I went on the Champions League run. Was it at the time of Eric Cantona when you worked for, when you played for Leeds? Or? No, it was after. It was 2000. It was the likes of Viduka. Kuehl, okay. Leo Ferdinand, Robbie Fowler. Yeah. Um, so we were buying big players and obviously challenging uh, Manchester United at that time. 
Mm-hmm. And then obviously, uh, if you know anything about the history of Leeds, the bottom fell out. They ran out of money and, yeah. and we dropped out of the league. And yeah. I stuck with them because I designed their training facility. I'd implemented all the things I'd learned from sort of Blackburn and Wolves. Yeah. And then I got headhunted again uh, for an offer that I really couldn't refuse, which was to go as the head physio at Chelsea Football Club. Of course. Um, and then there I was fortunate enough to win titles and cups with the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I got approached again to go then to America, to the NBA, as you said, to the New York Knicks, where I was the performance director for seven years at the Knicks. That's um, a long time, yeah. Um, um, that's sort of my uh, background. I'm a CSCS, doctorate of PT. Uh, I've got a couple of master's degrees, manual therapy. But my whole thing has been about performance and sport and trying to sort of look at how do you develop athletes, how do you maintain athletes, um, really the two sort of key areas that I'm fascinated about. Yeah, that's great. Uh, and and how, how was it as a transition, right, to working in the sports performance world, working for teams, and then transition and become the CEO of a sports tech companies like Apollo? So Apollo is sort of my brainchild, and yeah. I've used other products that have been on the market. And mm-hmm. I've always been frustrated as someone at the coalface, if you like, using those products. And the yeah. reason is, is because they don't always do what you want it to do for you. You have to mm-hmm. work on fines of the box of the software. Yeah. And every organization that I've worked for and as I've developed as a performance director, or as a physio, as a strength coach or whoever we'd be working with, everyone's got different ideas and views. But if the software can't adapt and help you with regard to your views and what you're trying to achieve, both visually uh, and to actually crunch the numbers and look at the data, whether it's objectively or even overlap with subjectively information, um, mm-hmm. systems are flawed. Yeah. So you can talk about AI and you can talk about, you know, algorithms and you can talk about multivariant analysis and you can talk about Monte Carlo simulations. And I've done all that stuff both in the field and us as a company. But the biggest flaw on all of this for me is that the data is spread out throughout organizations and it's not collected in one pot. Mm-hmm. So what I've done with Apollo is I've, I've, behind the scenes for the last three years, basically built a platform, a foundation that allows any organization or team to build their own interface, their own front end, their own back end, their own report. So it's, it's almost like you're giving them a foundation to build their house. Mm-hmm. And if they want to change their house, they can change it. The problem with our competitors and the other boxes is that you, you're limited on what you can do with those systems. And we learned a good lesson because originally uh, there was a, a system that was built in the UK where mm-hmm. it's very similar. We built a box and every time we needed the client wanted something changed, we had to go in and engineer to change the box for that client. And as you know, is that every time you go in an engineer, it costs a lot of money. Yeah. You can't keep running a company and every client wants something different, which they do. And you keep engineering something different for that client and their system. You just, it will, it, 
you you won't make any money. You won't be able to run the business. So I decided uh, when I basically took over the U.S. company that I was going to start again and build a brand new product that was had everything in the back end for the user to change whatever they want. So, for instance, if we wanted to have a system in Spanish for a major league baseball team because they've got a feeder club in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. You can run a translation script and have the system in Spanish. Sure. If I wanted to plug and play the system with video, right, whether you're using Huddle or Exos or any editing tool that the teams would use, we can bring in the videos because we have a video warehouse within our ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And then the other key is APIs. So, you know, we have over 35 APIs now where we can basically build APIs within five, seven days, and we can basically centralize people's data from whatever systems that they're using, whether it's their own internal system or whether it's a product or hardware that they're using, such as Vowed or, uh, you know, Nordboards or Embody or, you know, even Scout. So recruitment, coaching, video, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, I got to put a question on that, if I may. Um, sure. And I do like the fact that you get, like you said, your API integration. Uh, for example, I know you guys can integrate statistical data, right? Performance data. I mean, sorry about the player, right? Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a wide variety of, of data set that you guys can aggregate and inject into your model, right, your platform. Yes. Um, is that unique to uh, your platform in particular or are any other, let's just call them AMS vendors, do they also have the capability of injecting a wide variety of, of data points, like well, statistical data? They do have APIs, but that, I don't know of any system that has 35 APIs, right? The sure. second thing is I've heard stories about people waiting months for an API to be built. And I see. my whole thing about working in sport and the experiences I've had, people haven't got time, right? You're mm-hmm. so busy traveling with teams, so busy looking after 60, 70, 80 players, pre-season, dealing with politics, dealing with coaches, dealing with you, – people just don't have time. Yeah. So uh, if the software solution should be able to save someone time, mm-hmm. it yeah, should be able to, you should be able to pull up a report on your phone. You yeah, should I don't know you, you guys do that. Yesterday. Yeah. So th- th- this I've looked at this from a user interface and a, a user a functionality – and like, what is it that I would want to be doing and how quick mm-hmm. deliver me what I want to know about the team, about performance, about injury prevention, about anything that the organization wants to do. And yeah. the phone is the key. Absolute key, Julian. I, I totally understand. I mean, I agree. I mean, we work with many athletic trainers and performance guys and they're always on the ground. Like, you know, it's, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it, they're just busy, busy people, right? So. But they have the phone wherever they are, right? Uh, Absolutely. So one of the things that I've, I've heard talking to some vendors is that one of the issues that they're facing sometimes is the data that they get, let's say it's GPS data or heart rate data, right? It's not cleaned up. It's not clean data, meaning yep. that sometimes they are missing data points. Like for whatever reason, maybe the GPS system wasn't working for the particular player during that session. And so, I mean, it's, a, it's an issue, right? Yeah, so in our system, what we have is a grid. So okay. when data comes in from an API, let's talk about Catapult or StatSports or Polar mm-hmm. right? or Garmin, right? When the data comes in, if there's data missing or data is skewed yeah. or 
you know, there's noise in the data. You actually, the user or the sports scientist or whoever's in charge of that data can go mm-hmm. into the grid, can change it in the grid, i.e. in the database, and it will automatically change within the reports. But if there are some gaps in the data sets, then how do you guys... So you can either delete the data set okay. or you can fill the gap of what you think the data set should be, like okay. we're cleaning it anyway. Most people or sports scientists, in my experiences, what they do is export it in a CSV, clean mm-hmm. it in the CSV, yeah. and then basically either create their own reports in the Excel spreadsheet on pivot tables mm-hmm. or import it manually into a system. Yeah. So uh, when I talk yeah. about saving time, what we've done is we've gone, look, you don't need to import it because the data's there. You can review the data and edit the data in the database. And as you edit it, it will automatically refresh the report. So you're, you're missing a, a stage of what someone has to do on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So in, in, in your own words, how would you say are the biggest benefits and differentiator of your platform compared to maybe some other vendors without naming who they are? Number one is support. Yeah. The, the stories and the issues that I've had um, both in the field and when I sort of research this area is the support um, and the ability to get stuff done and support a client mm-hmm. is as good as it could be. So my view is I want to be the Apple of the sports software world. Mm-hmm. Because go and deal with apple and you deal with microsoft which we do mm-hmm. deal with both they're chalk and cheese on their support front mm-hmm. so the way that we do that is that we actually put one engineer and one field manager with each client and we also have a, a chat group where every single member of the organization from ceo gm to athletic training room sports scientists coaches They all have access to the chat room and they mm-hmm. fire to us any issues that they're having and we get it resolved there and then because you staff that are responsible for that client. And the same, for instance, on reports. A lot of people haven't got time to build reports. Mm-hmm. So part of that agreement that we have with our clients is we build those reports for them if they want us to. And there's no additional charge for that. It's okay. part of our support mechanism to the client and the license fee. So when a new coach comes in and or they've had a, a prevalence of hamstring injuries and they want to look at dominant versus non-dominant or they want to look at game data versus training data versus weight room data versus sleep data, the data is centralized in our system. We can build the reports and, and get those really great visualization reports built for the client within two, three days max. I see. That's that's fast. Um, so these are the benefits, basically, the differentiators of your platform. Oh, so that, there's one. The second is the visualizations, mm-hmm. right? My view is if, if you can't influence a coach and nine times out of 10, you need to keep it simple with a coach. Mm-hmm. You can't influence a coach. All this data that we collect and we do becomes not as useful as it should be because at the end of the day, right, there's two people that really you've got to influence in sport. One of them is the athlete and one of them is the coach. And the Mm -hmm. two things that you're trying to do as a support team to an athlete and a coach and an organization 
is improve their performance and maintain them injury free. Yeah. And the two people that are at the top of the pyramid in that is the athlete themselves and the coach and the coaching staff. Mm -hmm. Coaching staff will be the people that will drive them every day, push them, and whether they push them over the edge because they actually don't understand what they're actually doing from an intensity volume perspective, and someone's not explaining that to the coach visually or basically pulling the coach online with what you're collecting, is a Mm -hmm. complete way. You might as well just put your finger in the sky and see which way the wind's blowing today and just keep your fingers crossed and make sure someone doesn't get injured. Yeah. So what... Most of these systems that have sort of evolved have either evolved from a medical EMR or a strength and conditioning sports science system. Okay. That's where they've evolved from. Uh-huh. But as they've grown and developed, the one key element that they forgot about here is the coach. Yeah, I agree with that. Or looking at complicated algorithms, models, uh, you know, it, you, you'll lose a coach. Mm-hmm. The coach just needs to know when to stop, when to go, whether they're good to go or they're not good to go. Exactly. So simplistic visualizations and dashboards is what we do very, very well. And we have the tools like Power BI, Tableau, even Excel. And we have a whole fleet of engineers that basically become experts at building these visualizations for what the client wants. Mm-hmm. And then what you're doing is you're in incorporating the coaching staff into the ecosystem. So we we basically are like a, a one club shop where we can plug and play our system into an already existing system. For instance, uh, Major League Baseball clients of ours have built, you know, millions and millions of dollars on systems. And we can go in and basically just plug our APIs with their APIs and we can integrate our system into their already built club system on recruitment, scouting and coaching and video analysis. Mm -hmm. For instance, you know, they're sometimes playing twice a day. So there's a heap of data coming from track man, coming from video analysis, coming from the training. It doesn't matter. We can incorporate our system into an already existing system. Or like, for instance, we've done with uh, Brighton Football Club this year is that we can go in and we can basically create a whole system built from the ground up exactly how they want it, exactly how Potter, their head coach, wants, their head of performance wants, their nutritionist wants, psychologist wants, even the administration office and the GM want. We can build it because we've got the tools around it and the team around it to support them. Yeah. So these are the – I mean, I like that. I think that makes sense. So I think you mentioned earlier injury prevention, and it's kind of a buzzword these days. Some teams don't like it when you keep saying, you know, I've got an injury prevention software – Sometimes they like to refer, and actually I talked to a, a former head of performance, a big European team, soccer team, who told me, Julian, there is no solutions out there we can accurately predict injuries. None. And sometimes they, they take the point of view that you rather it's better to talk about a risk, an injury risk assessment solution rather than trying to predict accurately. Um, so what is your whole point of view about this whole risk or injury risk assessment space or injury prevention? Can any, uh, I guess, software out there can accurately predict, you know, the risk of injury? And it's quite complex, right? Because an injury could be uh, affected by the weather. A guy could be affected by the weather, by the, you know, the load. I mean, 
anything. I mean, it's very complex, right, to predict injuries. Correct. And th whoever you spoke to is absolutely correct, in my personal opinion. Okay. So whoever say I can accurately predict injuries, you think it's not accurate? It's, all, it's, it's pie in the sky. For sure. And let me explain to you why it's pie in the sky. So let's take a couple of our clients. Let's take Manchester United and Brighton Football Club. Okay. Mm -hmm. They both play soccer. They both play in the Premier League. I know what they do underneath the hood. Mm -hmm. okay? What they do is completely different. So therefore, you can, even though it's the same sport, you can't use the same model or algorithm to look at what Manchester United do versus what Brighton does. For sure. Same sport, okay? Yeah. You can look at risk, but my view where people are going wrong with all of this is that mm -hmm. they're too much weighted on GPS data, right? Sure. They're too yeah. much weighted on, you know, GPS data and attendance data. Mm -hmm. Are you available or you're not available for the training and game? Mm -hmm. What do you do in a game? What do you do in practice? And yeah. that's what, you know, companies that are out there are started the bread and butter with algorithms and AIs. What we do is we're very specific about What's the question? And let's see if we can build a model for you mm -hmm. around your data sets that will give you some accuracy and predictability, if you like, of answering that question. But we would never turn around and say, well, that's the answer. Sure. And the key that's missing here, in my view, is more of the game data, like the game statistics. Mm -hmm. How far did they run and what was the intensity of the run and the loads per minute and the decelerations, the accelerations, right? Everyone's doing that. Mm -hmm. But injury rates across all the leagues. Look at the NFL this year, right? The injury rates in these leagues are not re being reduced. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm on both sides because, you know, I, I still have my hands within the physio world treating these athletes who basically get injured and rupture Achilles tendons and, tear muscles and soft tissue injuries. My Why do you think it's not going being reduced in the NFL? What, what is your right? Because I don't think that they're looking at all of the right information. Okay. And I don't think that they have strategies in place with the coaching staff that helps reduce those soft tissue injuries. Okay. So therefore you have silos of coaching doing what they've always done. Mm -hmm. You have, strength coach doing what the strength coach has always done. And you have the athletic training department basically convey about fixing people and throwing them back out. There's no, there's no department within these NFL organizations whose pure job is to look at injury prevention and strategies. Interesting. But in order for that strategy to, to have some sort of effect, you've got to have all of those silos talking on the same page. So they're and not that, talking to each other. You mean there's a lack right. of communication. Correct. And likewise, not only communication, but even to educate the coaches. And this is where the visualizations and my, my view comes. Whereas mm -hmm. if you can go in and you can visually explain something in a simple term to a, a, a coach, you're going to have more of an influence on that coach than any algorithm or any uh, AI model that you've built. The AI models and stuff can help. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line is, is that the, the person in charge of that training session today 
needs to adapt or make changes or globally as an organization, you need to, as I said, you know, put strategies in place, put injury prevent, have a department that's purely just there to make sure athletes don't get injured, don't have so many hamstrings, calves, groins. Okay. Yeah. But what you just said about the NFL not having a proper, I just call it injury, injury prevention department or strategy or whatever it is, it's kind of mind-blowing, right? Because of all the money that they spend and pay all the players and like you would think because, that you know, every time a guy is injured, that costs them a lot of money too, millions of dollars, right? So, uh, yeah. The problem is, is you're dealing in tradition. Yeah. You're dealing with coaches who just want to win. And mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if the coach doesn't win, he loses his job. Right. Right. That's the yeah. reality of it. Okay. And mm-hmm. therefore, the turnover of these coaches, you know, one, two seasons, they're gone. Yeah. You don't, that's right. you're not, so you need to make the impact. And the unfortunate thing is here is that what the organizations should be doing is implementing strategies that basically, no matter who the coach is, Mm-hmm. This is what we do at our club. This is yeah. the stamp of our club. We need yeah. you to follow these, right? Whether that's prehab, prior to training, whether that's mm-hmm. recovery strategies, whether that's pulling players out, putting players in. If it comes from the very top and you spend some time building that, mm-hmm. then my is you should see some benefit long-term. But for a head coach... They haven't got long-term, and therefore the organizations or the owners are the people who are just saying to you, look, go and win tomorrow. And therefore nothing actually moves. I'll give you an example. I was uh, talking to a Major League Baseball team mm-hmm. and basically didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Okay? And one of their star pitchers who's paid millions and millions of dollars was struggling a little bit with a, with a problem. Okay. Mm-hmm. And therefore, their season's finished, right? Yeah. The coach still wanted to play the pitcher. Mm-hmm. So the coach is still risking the pitcher, right? Mm-hmm. Who's basically could relay then into the following season if this mm-hmm. then evolves into another problem, okay? Yeah. And the training staff are saying, no, no, no. And the coach is saying, yes, yes, yes. And they're like, well, what for? We haven't made the playoffs. It's, it's statistically impossible. Why Why don't we just pull this guy from this one game, which is meaningless? Why, why do we risk it? Yeah. For what? But unfortunately, that's what you're dealing with at the coalface, and that's what you're dealing with with regard to this whole injury prevention. You know, forget about software, okay? Mm-hmm. Forget about data. Yeah. You're dealing with tradition. You're dealing with people who are in the positions to win and coach. And, you know, that's not necessarily always on their agenda. And their view is, well, if he breaks down, don't worry about it because we've got another guy coming in through the door. Yeah, yeah. But and I've got to see this story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We know that if your star players, whether it's a pitcher, a quarterback, whatever, gets injured, yeah. Yeah. You, you're screwed. Yeah, uh, and, and, you know, a similar story. One team, one time, I think it was a Premier League soccer team, who told me, look, uh, there's been some occasions where, you know, our athletic department clearly saw that if this guy, the striker, played for the next game, he was at a high chance of injury, right? 
And, but sometimes, and, but then the coach was saying, no, I want this guy to play. And then the player wanted to play too. And it turns out the guy scored a hat trick the next game. Right. So uh, when you have those forces, those, those conditions, it's, it's tough. I think for the other training staff to, to make a point. Right. And maybe sometimes there's pressure from the owners, like you say, or the coach, whatever. Right. So. It is. But what, what can give you more power in that situation is actually visualizations of objective yeah. and subjective information. And if you can sell that story to the coach, you might wane the coach one way or the other. And I've had those situations with me as a, as a medical personnel. Mm-hmm. I've had situations where coaches overruled me, player wanted to play, and the, and the, and the coach wants him to play, and they're going to play. There's nothing that you can do about it. But if you are then looking at five or ten years' worth of your club's data mm-hmm. and you can show that here's the trends of our injuries within this particular sport and here's the peaks and troughs pre-season, Christmas, end of season, this is when we get our most injuries. This is when we get our most soft tissue injuries. Let's put something in place to see if we can actually reduce this season on season on season. And then you're basically implementing something and you've got some information to back up what you're doing and whether you're making change or not. Because that's yeah. the purpose of collecting data. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's why yeah. you're looking at trends. That's why you're looking at risk. And if you, the more of that information and the more visualization you can be on that data, then you've got more of a case. Well, I, I, I give you a, to- a complete opposite. Uh, and I, I won't tell you which team that is, but it's a major European soccer team. Um, basically, what I what I know is that they barely use no technology whatsoever. Uh, maybe just, they have just a GPS system. They have no AMS system whatsoever. And and the, one of the big problems that I, that I've heard is that the the, the head, one of the guy who's in performance, the performance department, is totally against any technologies, and which is crazy because you know that. And there were some occasions where they got major injuries. And yet they reached like the final of the Champions League, the final of the Champions League, and they won trophies at the European level uh, in soccer in Europe. So um, there are some situations where it's quite difficult, even if you want to bring technologies, to bring those types of technologies to prevent injuries because of the people in place, right? I agree. I mean, look, my view is it's not all about science. There's an art to this. Mm -hmm. And the art comes in communication. Yeah, the art yeah. comes in in collecting people's views and thoughts. So, as an example, right on our app, on our new app, we have the ability for you to just record your thoughts on a player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, if I'm a coach and I want to record what I think of this performance today, what I think of this practice today for this player, that player, you can ver- you can just press a button and talk. Mm-hmm. Right? If I'm treating you, I can do the same. I can press a button and just talk and my notes go into the medical section of our system. That, yeah. right, is fast and direct from your phone. Mm-hmm. That's saving people time. But what yeah. it's also doing is it's actually giving you retrospective views about what you think, what I think, what someone else thinks as a coach. Because if I sat in a room of any of the coaches that I've been fortunate enough to work with, 
and all their coaching team. And I said to them, right, tell me what you think of these players today, last week. They'll be able to tell me. But if I turn around and said, well, now tell me what you thought of them four or five months ago. They yeah. don't collect. They're not administrators. They just one game to the next to the next. Yeah. But that information, their thoughts, their processes from as a coach is actually very valuable to me as a physio or a strength coach or a GM or a nutritionist because mm-hmm. I've basically been able to track how the, how the views are changing and overlap that subjective view from the coaching staff with the objective data that we're collecting around the, the organization or the, or the athlete. And those notes, those dictation notes, can it be shared with the GM or the coach at different levels? You can pull it into any type of report you want. Okay. Right? You can even yeah. listen to it. Yeah, I think it's great. So, and and, and sometimes I'm just, yeah, it's great. That's yeah. the point I think people are actually missing here because actually the coaching staff's views are very, very important. And it mm-hmm. might not just be objectively, but subjectively, that's what they're paid to be there. And they, yeah. they, they are successful. Yeah, Phil Jackson and Jose Mourinho and Capello and all these coaches, right? They're there and they're paid the millions of dollars because they've been successful. They've got a methodology. Yeah, 100%. Um, so uh, I got la- two, two last questions for you. One is, and I think you already talked about some of the teams using your solution today, right? Um, so could you first talk about, about some other examples of teams or maybe leagues without being specific uh, that are using your platform? And then the last question is, what are your plans for the next 12 months? Okay. So we, we, we basically work with uh, all sorts of organizations around the world. Uh, yeah. We, we have a, an office now in Australia. We work with AFL, rugby league teams uh, down under in Australia, uh, mm-hmm. Premier League teams, championship teams. And then in the US, we're in every league, NBA, MLB, NFL, uh, NHL. Um, and we have clients that we work with. Some I'm allowed to tell you, and some I'm even yeah. not allowed to tell you, right? Sure. They, they very much like to keep what they're doing under their own organizations yeah. and confidentiality. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we do with those organizations is we help them, support them, and we learn our IP really is our experiences of working in the field, but also learning from what these organizations are doing in multiple different sports. Mm-hmm. And then at college level, we have like uh, Purdue, USC, LSU. Yeah. So we're working with multiple different teams from, you know, their football organization to their baseball, to the basketball, to the track and field. And we're, we, we are understanding what each of those demands want from the coach, from the athletic training room, nutrition, psychology, Olympic versus football, whatever it is, we can basically build specifically – for the for the silos of the sports within the college space, we've had some massive uh, input and some massive uh, amount of colleges contact us and contact us that have already been on other systems mm-hmm. and sort of exhausted the box scenario. Yeah, and that's where I think that is sort of our competitive advantage is the adaptability of what we can do um, and the changing the dashboards of whatever car you're driving, whether it's in soccer or basketball or baseball, because those cars are different. Yeah. And the coaches that drive them want different things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so 
we've we've had some good success. You know, we were we were involved with the national championship of LSU in the fo- football a couple of years ago, Major League mm-hmm. Baseball World Series of the Washington Nationals, and obviously Manchester United. We've basically uh, worked throughout their entire club for the last six seven years. We've learned a lot from United. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're expanding very, very fast. It's quite an exciting time for us as a company um, because word of mouth is getting out there about how different we are. That's great. And, and, and can you talk about what do you hope to achieve in the next 12 months? What are your goals? I mean, you talk about expansion. Uh, you guys are also privately funded, so you're not going to be in, you're not going to go and raise some funding or you don't, I guess, what are your goals on that part? Yeah, we don't, we don't need to. Uh, I might explore that at some point. Um, but- yeah. We, we don't need uh, – we're, we're basically – we're growing fast. We, we have many, many different clients. You know, yeah. like this, this month, we've basically got six clients' contracts sitting on the table. That's great. So, you know, our growth is really fast, uh, yeah. which is helping us expand. And then, you know, myself, I'm financially backing it. So, you know, I'm putting mm-hmm. my money where my mouth is. Um, yeah really driving this company and this is sort of I'm not interested in going back in sport anymore this is sort of my way of helping teams and organizations from my own personal experiences and my team's experiences to try and make things better for them on the ground yeah I think that makes sense um okay great so look we're 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 at the end of the interview but uh okay it was very insightful I want to thank you for your time today and good luck with your you know for 2022 and everything you guys are trying to achieve. Pleasure, Julian. Thanks very much. Thank you.